What are some guidelines for choosing songs that will serve your church? And what should a church member do when their leader is choosing songs they don't think are that helpful? We'll talk about these questions and more in this episode, What Kind of Songs Should the Church Sing? Hello, welcome to the Sound Plus Doctrine Podcast. I'm David Zimmer. I'm Bob Coughlin. And it is so wonderful to be together. It is. You know, in our last episode, we were talking about um, instrumentalists growing, opportunities for them to grow. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, you have been in ministry longer than I have, um, but there have been so many... I've been in ministry longer than you've been alive. (laughs) But but who's counting? True. Well, uh, there have been so many uh, conferences that you have hosted, Worship God conferences, Mm -hmm. that are equipping worship leaders uh, in... Trying to. Trying to equip equip worship leaders in how to grow. Um, And so, like you said, this is an exhaust... This is like, you can't exhaust this topic as you've done conference after conference after conference. Um, But I just wanted to think um, practical ways um, that worship leaders could grow. Um, Can you talk about song choice keys... um, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, p- picking musicians in your band. We talked a little bit of the last podcast, but yeah, how could we? Uh, how could we grow as worship leaders? Where yeah. do we start? Oh uh, well, I mean, I'm I'm assuming we're we're I'm assuming a lot about a person's heart because that's where you start. Mm-hmm. You know, why you're doing this and what's your motive and uh, you know those kinds of things. But but we we're restricting ourselves more to. Practical skills. Yes. Um, so I wrote a post on my blog, Worship Matters, uh, years ago. I, I think it was called "What Kind of Songs I'm Going to Be Singing in This Year," mm. and um, whatever year it was. It applies really to any year, but uh, it was song. You want to choose songs that people can sing, that people want to sing, and that people should sing. Mm. So if you know if you're responsible for for actually picking the songs, and you know a lot of those, a lot of people lead the music are, some aren't. You know they they have the songs chosen for them, but I would stick to those three categories. That that, that it seems to be a simple way of saying you know what's our goal first songs that people can sing. Mm. Now depending you know, on your demographic of your church, that's going to vary. So mm-hmm. there are traditional churches that only sing hymns, traditional hymns, yep. that, you know, everything's mostly on the beat, not a lot of syncopation. You bring a syncopated song into that church, they're not going to sing it. Yeah. Or they're just going to straighten everything out. Yeah. Um, but but a lot of times they just don't even do it. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's just too hard. Uh, on the other hand, you get a young congregation who are used to just singing stuff, you know, that they're they're streaming and uh, what's popular, and they can sing syncopation pretty easily. Well, and complicated melodies. Yes, and, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's hard to just put a, a, a general guideline out there. That's good. Although I think you can. I think you can say some things. Um, you know, you need to know... Your congregation, mm-hmm. uh, when is you know songs they can sing. There are things that are generally true about voices that would be true, you know, anywhere. I mean, I would say throughout the world, but maybe not in every language, every you know, um, people group. But but generally true. The the vocal range that a voice has is generally 
you know, people say from C to C, C to Chinese C. Mm-hmm. Um, now, for for a guy, that's an octave lower than a woman. Yeah, but you're um, talking in octaves. Yes, yeah, okay. about an octave. I mean, that's ideal. Yeah. A lot of nursery rhymes, you know, when kids are first starting out, they they, they don't have these massive ranges. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, da 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 Yeah, yeah. It's, they're just right in this small range. Um, generally, you could go from a D to an A, um, mm-hmm. expanding that a little bit. But that's qualified by two things, and that would be... Um, well, yeah, one, one's the range. That's one qualification. The other is what they call the tessitura, mm-hmm. which is where a song basically hangs out. Mm. You know, so that's if good. you just like um, take the song in Christ Alone, and Christ Alone has an octave, has a range of an octave and a fourth. And a fourth, wow. And a fourth, yeah. da, 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 da. That's low. If you're in the key of C, da, 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 da. I know what key I'm in, but mm-hmm. that would be a G. Da, 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 That's the high C. That's an octave and a fourth. Well, yeah, but you only hit the high C once. You hit it and get off. Yeah. And so. It's not a bad idea, I would say, to do that song in D because, or even E, when we do it, we do that in D and E. Mm-hmm. You're key changing then. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, in the third verse, we do that. But we get up to an E, but you only do it like once. Dun, mm-hmm. dun, 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 dun. Yeah. And people can generally hit that. So so the tessitura is kind of lower, so you can afford to do it a little higher. Now, in other songs... Actually, a lot of songs, modern songs uh, that are written, it's really hard because the verse is down here and the chorus is up here. Yeah. And it just makes it really difficult, uh, you know, to do a song that everybody feels comfortable in. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry. No, I, go ahead. I've, I've also noticed like a lot of trends, and this is new to me. This could have been a trend, you know. It has been for uh, years. But, I, but a lot of uh, verses will be an octave low. And then you'll sing the chorus, and then you jump the octave. Yeah, then you jump the octave. And you yeah. sing the whole verse yeah, yeah. in the you know in a higher <laughs> yes. octave, and then you're adding the chorus into that upper octave. Yeah. So it's yeah. interesting. It's really interesting. It's it can be kind of effective uh, if you have this like low verse and this lift. Yeah. But sometimes it just like gets out of control. Where you're like you're talking that tessitura, you're staying up in this yeah, range yeah. for such a long time yeah. that I feel like people tap out. They're like, we can't breathe. <laughs> and and they do. And I don't know if we've talked about this on another podcast or if we will, but I, I think that kind of writing and that kind of singing feeds uh, adrenaline junkies. Hmm. We get an adrenaline high because the only time that you're really emotional about the music is when you're singing at the top of your range. That's interesting. And the rest of the time you're down here. And so we're kind of building into people this mindset that, you know, I'm just down here talking about things, singing about things, but I'm just waiting. I'm just getting ready for the time when we're up here. And, we're, and I think that can be really unhelpful because what it does is it moves our attention away from what we're actually singing. Mm. And we can't actually sing anything that's meaningful down low. That's interesting. We yeah. can't be passionate about things that are down low. So, mm. so that would be the first thing. Sing songs, that's people so that good. can sing. The range is a factor in that. The complication, you know, does the melody kind of stay the same from verse to verse, or the, how many parts in the song are there? There's, there's no. Uh, you know, absolute guideline and whatever I would say, even even the thing about range, th- there are songs that break the rules, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. There will be songs that break the rules, but there are reasons that 
a majority of songs tend to be That's good. Of, of a certain kind. Yeah. So, you know, you find a song is arranged from an octave and a sixth, and you know, it works great in your church. Right. I just wouldn't make every song an octave and a sixth. So, yeah. so when I'm working with songwriters at Sovereign Grace, when we're working together, I encourage people, try to keep your ranges octave and a tenth max, maybe an octave fourth, but even lower than that, try, smaller than that. Try to keep it leaner, smaller because we want to sing songs people can sing. Hmm. So if you may know the song, it sounds great with your voice, but if it's hard to pick up, you're not singing a song that people can sing. So songs people can sing, songs people want to sing. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of related. People, you know, generally want to sing songs they can sing, but that would include like having interesting melodies. You know, mm. not incredibly complex, but just interesting. Yeah. Um, th- there are, you know, some people who believe you if you have great words, biblical words, you can just kind of put any tune to it, <laughs> and it's fine. And that's not really true. That's not how God made us. Hmm. God made us to respond to melodies. Hmm. And what some people might not know is that for a lot of the hymns, uh, traditional hymns, they were written originally just as lyrics. And then they were sung to popular tunes. In fact, I have in my office a, a, a hymnal that's a split hymnal. So the top half is just tunes, and there's a cut, and the bottom half is lyrics. Yeah. And you just match the lyrics to the you know yeah. the meter of a tune. Hmm. Well, they did that, and then the tune that was most popular became the one that we know today. Hmm. So Amazing Grace would be a good illustration. Amazing Grace wasn't written with a tune. Hmm. It was just written as a lyric. John Newton wrote at the beginning of the new year, just to just as he did every year, uh, or a number of years, to to mark the new year. That was sung to a number of different melodies, mm. and the melody that we know didn't come till I think seventy years after wow. you know, the the lyric was written. Mm. Um, so sing songs that people want to sing, yeah. you know, that move their hearts, that are yeah, that that are compelling. Mm-hmm. So um, songs that are memorable aren't bad, mm. you know. Um, Before the throne of God above. Remember, Vicki Cook heard that tune, those lyrics sung to Jerusalem. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea. A great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. I mean, just the melody goes everywhere. It's beautiful. But isn't that so wild? It's so hard to disconnect. It's, yeah. From that melody that we've gotten so yes, familiar with. for the throne of God above. And one of the reasons those words are being sung more around the world today is because of that melody. Mm. So it, it became a song that people want to sing. Yeah. So then the third aspect would be sing songs that people should sing. And that, mm. that gets more into the theological component of, of what you're singing and you know, are you singing words that are rooted in Scripture, that are theological? driven, not just theologically aware. Yeah. Meaning you don't just pull, you know, verses out of the Bible or, or scriptural phrases and, you know, throw them in your song. Yeah, yeah. But you are actually seeking to communicate a, a, a progression in your theology, a progression in your song. Yeah. There's this big story that this song's a part of, and you're trying to communicate that through the words you're singing. Yeah. So that would be, you know, songs that people should sing, includes your diet. Like over a period of time, do you ever sing songs that talk about suffering? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Do, you ever, do you sing songs that talk about the return of Christ? Do you songs, sing songs that talk about confession? Do you sing songs that uh, talk about um, you know, our need for repentance? Do you sing songs that talk about the evil in the world? Do you sing songs mm-hmm. that talk about the Word of God? Wow. We should be singing songs about all of those. Yeah. Um, so you're thinking, am I singing songs that people should sing? So yeah. those would be... And of course, th- those, those um, guidelines... Are are ones that are their guidelines. You know, it often comes down to an individual song. Will this song really serve my congregation? Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, a leader, music leaders, working that out with their pastor and you know others who they might be serving. Yeah, with. I uh, the list that you just said at the end of are you picking songs with these themes? Mm-hmm. I think is so helpful because you're you're sort of rounding out. The human experience, yeah, yeah, suffering yeah. and joy and loss and fighting with sin and repentance. And it's what the Psalms do. You know, yeah. it's, it's just exactly what the Psalms illustrate for us. It's just that God wants to be involved in every area of our lives, yeah. and as we sing, we can help people do that. It's one of the ways we can help people do that. Yeah, I've heard of um, I've heard of people talking about deathbed songs, like the songs yes. you want to sing on your deathbed. Yes, yes, uh, and. Uh, yeah, it really refines the choices you make as a worship oh, leader it does. week to week because yeah. you're thinking, how are we feeding yeah. our our congregation? Yeah, um, I I think that's so helpful. I so to, just to pivot, Bob, um, what would you say to uh, someone who attends a church where they do not like the music? Or the 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 worship leader they would say is not very good. <laughs> Does that happen? <laughs> Never heard of that. How would you encourage? So we're talking to worship leaders. Okay, how can um, these are the ways you can grow? But what about a person that goes to a church where mm. they have a worship leader that they think needs to grow? Um, yeah. How would you encourage them? Well, it, it depends on how they need to grow. Hmm. Um, Okay, so what if we say um, if we just musically? Specific. Okay, musically, the key, the things we talked about, the the songs that they're picking, yeah, uh, are confusing. They don't feel like they're connected in any way, and maybe the keys, yeah, uh, kind of the points you said, the keys are too yeah, high, yes, keys are too yeah, low. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. How would you speak to? How would you speak That's to that? That's a great question. Well, I've been in those situations where I have been led by someone who I don't think is. Doing that great a job, <laughs> and, uh, um, and the first thing I've learned to do, because this would not have come naturally, is uh, check my heart. Mm. You know, um, it's so easy to stand in judgment over the people who are leading us musically. Mm. And if you're someone who is involved in leading the music, you know that. You know, yeah. you have people, yeah. maybe regularly, who come up to you and say, "I mean, I don't get this as much, maybe because." I don't know why, um, but I talk to people who every week they get notes. You know, some people have a, a way of sending notes to the leaders. You know, mm. and every week it's a note about yeah, that drum's so loud. Yeah, what are you going to start doing, hymns? Yeah, mm. that you were off key. Yeah, and just like this, this barrage of yeah criticism. Yeah. Um, so, so it does come. If I'm the person in the congregation, I want to check my heart and say. 
am I just looking for excuses, like saying, um, I want this served up the way I want it? Mm-hmm. And you, you've got to be as good as what I'm hearing on the radio or on, on my iTunes. You, you want, I want you to be, you know, as professional as all the other people I hear. And you know, worship music has become that kind of market-driven Absolutely. genre, which is, yeah. in some ways, great because it's getting out to more people. But in other ways, it's not great because you cannot market. The, the the encounter we have with God yes. as we sing His praise. Well, uh, and those aren't the majority of churches. No, that's true. Yeah, but the, more, the majority of those churches don't have the budget and right. the video cameras and the lights right. and the. They're just trying to serve their local congregation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm in a congregation and I'm hearing someone, and I'm thinking, yeah, that's not very good. I I, I think I told this story in Worship Matters. Um, about the time I was in England, and th- there was it was a breakout session at a big at a conference, and so there were about a couple hundred people, and the, the person leading the music just wasn't doing a very good job, in my opinion. Hmm. And uh, you know, kind of average guitar player, um, the songs didn't seem to connect. Just the things we're saying, <laughs> I yes. didn't know the songs, and uh, I'm just thinking, wow, if I was like mentoring him. Uh, I would, I'd be saying this to him, and you know, just, I just didn't really have that great a time. I get done, we get done, and the guy standing next to me, he's, he may have been his fifties, and he just looks at me and says, "That was simply lovely, wasn't it?" <laughs> and I'm thinking, no, it wasn't lovely. No, it wasn't. I, I can give you like five things, ten things I would have changed about it. <laughs> but what I, what I saw was that he. Like really worship the Lord. <laughs> this guy was leading, <laughs> and all I did was criticize him. So mm. I don't want to belabor this point, but you've got to you've got to look at your heart and mm. and ask. You know, am am I just being critical? Mm. Um, probably the next thing I do would be um, talk to him. You know, don't just you know fire off an email. You know, yeah, you should listen to the Sound Plus yeah, Doctor podcast. Yeah, yeah well, the, hey, that, that's always a good idea. And subscribe if you. Um, no, just um, tr- you know, get grab lunch with him, grab coffee with him, mm-hmm. or, or you know, grab him in the hall, or uh, grab him on Zoom, <laughs> however you might want to do it. Um, but just say first, you want to communicate your gratefulness for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Thank you for serving. You know, people who serve every week, they they need encouragement. It may not feel like it. Mm-hmm. They benefit from encouragement. So That's thank so them good. for yeah. what, what they're doing, uh, things that you can appreciate about what they're doing. And then find out how they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, so you might say, you know, I, I want to meet with the Lord when we gather, and I have to confess, sometimes when we're singing, it's hard for me. Um, and you may say something like, just the songs feel so high. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you think through that? And just put it on their plate, you know. Just how do you think through that? So I'm I'm f- I'm familiar with a lot of the songs here, yeah. um, and I just how do you how do you think through that? I get those kinds of questions. You know, we will do. I mean, I don't choose Sovereign Grace songs on Sunday morning, but we do a lot of them because they say the kinds of things that I want to say. Yeah, yep. that I think the church needs to say. But yep. but we do loads of other people's songs. Yeah. But there will be people who say, um, "Hey, I, I've had a hard time, you know, just getting adjusted here." And you know, how, how do you think through that? I so appreciate that. Rather than someone saying, "I can't sing anything here. This is ridiculous." I, you yeah. know, why don't you do blah 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 blah? You know, and immediately I'm 
I'm put on the defensive because it's just like, you're doing everything wrong. Exactly. And, well, I'm trying to do right. I'm taking baby steps. I'm doing what I can. I'm just doing what I can. Um, but exactly. But it's yeah. so helpful when yeah. someone comes up and says, hey, I, I really appreciate what you're doing. Um, I just wondered how you're thinking through this. I, I get it even you know, for my family. They'll, they'll tell me, yeah, that song felt a little high or you know, mm. those kinds of things. I, I want to know. And that's, it may be that you just offer a comment like that. Yeah. Or if, if there's a pattern, you know, if, if it's really like you really don't understand how the songs are being put together, I would just ask them, how are you putting those songs together? Like, yeah. what, what drives that? Because I really want to engage Mm-hmm. I really want to, you know, be fed and but I'm really I'm just having a hard time so can you help me? Yeah. I think that will could produce a good conversation. I think that's great. I think it encourages um, you know, church members to be gracious. Oh, and absolutely. thankful and yeah. and honest with yes. their worship leader, but it also encourages worship leaders to receive those questions in a spirit of humility. Yeah. I think yeah. I think um as a worship leader is just planning week to week, week after week and they already have a full-time job. Yeah. And you know, they're serving and volunteering. Mm. It, it, you can feel so discouraged. Oh yeah. That you know, am I doing anything right? I'm trying to pick the right songs, or I haven't taken guitar lessons, or I haven't taken piano lessons or well, whatever. That's another issue entirely. <laughs> so, I think um I, yeah, I just think that's really encouraging advice for both parties. Yeah, and we need to be gracious. Um, you know, Ephesians four twenty nine talks about how our words need to be uh, they need to be edifying. They need to build up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, that's not coming to me right now, but it's um, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, mm-hmm. but only such as is good for building up, yes. as, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Yeah. So as someone in the congregation, that's what I want to be thinking of. I don't want corrupting talk to come out of my mouth. But as the leader, as the one who leads the music, I want to be thinking of Proverbs 12, 1, which says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. Mm. So I don't want to be stupid. I really do want to receive what you know someone from the congregation is saying to me. Yes. And it may be... I mean, the first thing I want to do is thank them, thank them for coming to me to to say something. Yeah. And it may be that God wants to use this person, even with a bad attitude, to help me grow in something. Hmm. You know, there are just a lot of things we don't see when we're leading. You know, people, you know, the church is a great context for deceiving yourself. People come in every Sunday, but they're not necessarily coming because you're good. They're, they're coming because they want to be with the people. They yeah. want to maybe hear the preaching. They yeah. you know they want to be with you know they want to be in the Lord's presence with His people. Yes, but that doesn't mean you can't grow. Yeah. So it's just good. You know, Romans twelve says, "Never be wise in your own sight." Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want to be wise in our own sight. We really yeah. want to hear you know the things that people are saying about how we could grow, and then take the steps to grow. Yeah. So that, that I mean, that could open up a whole nother podcast, uh, mm-hmm. you know, area of discussion is just how can I grow as a musician? I mean, I'm aware, I was raised, I was trained as a classical musician and, and played by ear and, you know, have played in the studio for years. So I am a professional musician and I benefit from that. Mm-hmm. You know, I know theory, I can read notes and not everybody's there. Yeah. But I tell you what, you can be better than you are. Yeah. 
you can you can take the, a next step. And yes. there's so much stuff available to us on YouTube right now. Absolutely. Whether it's learning how to play, you know, a certain kind of chord or yeah. uh, learning about pedals or yeah. learning, you know, how to sing. I and mean, there's just so much available to us. And if we take small steps, um, you know, 15 minutes a day, half an hour a day, uh, hour a week, whatever, to just get better in a certain area, it's amazing how over a period of time you will really become more effective at what you're doing. Yes, and for the purpose of serving the people right. that That's you right. love in your context. That's right. Not just getting better. It's that, yeah, you're doing this because you yes, love these people. That's the goal, to bring glory to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You're, you're serving his body, mm-hmm. those for whom Jesus lived, died, and rose again. You're serving them. Mm-hmm. And that's such a privilege and worth investing time in to get mm-hmm. better at. Mm-hmm. It is such a privilege. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for investing your time in this. Oh, oh um, man. Okay. In this uh, endeavor um, to see uh, God glorified among us. Amen. So thanks, Bob. You're welcome. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ-exalting songs and training for local churches from local churches. For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at sovereigngracemusic.org.